This is a HeadGum Podcast. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to the Complete Guide to Everything, a podcast about everything. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Tom, I'm miserable. I'm sweaty and I'm soaking wet all the time. Yeah, it is very hot in New York City right now. Let me, I can tell you that much. Uh, we're, I haven't, well, what? I'm sorry. Oh, no, I, please, Tim, I apologize. You go ahead. Tom, this heat is throwing off our rhythm. Yeah. Well, also having to do it uh, remotely. People don't know that we're not in the same room. <laughs> no, they do. Tim, everybody has to know that social distancing is important. I've offered to you many times that you can quarantine with me in my home and you can just stay here. And that way we can record the show in person every week. How many, what percentage of our listener do you think um, assumes that this show is just one guy doing two different voices? <laughs> Uh, boy, that would be so much easier if I could just do your voice. I, I think probably no percentage based on how often we talk over each other. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, you can, you can do a lot with multi-track recording, Tom. 
That's yeah, that's true. I always wondered that on The Simpsons when like Smithers and Mr. Burns are talking to each other, <laughs> uh-huh. and, and it's it's uh, it's Harry Shearer doing both voices. Is he doing both uh, back and forth, or is he is he doing one and then it's like okay, I'm gonna do all Mr. Burns. Uh, uh, I'm gonna do this line and this line, I, uh, and then he's like, roll it back. It's time for me to fill in with Smithers. I imagine that they probably do it whichever way he prefers. I know, but what does he <laughs> prefer? I You'd have to ask him. Listen, judging by Harry Shearer's reputation, they do everything the way that, that he prefers. Other way, otherwise, he's not showing up. Yeah. So, yeah, they they might just... I imagine it's not back and forth. That, like, he's, he, most voice actors are probably like, once I get into a voice, I want to stay in that voice for a little bit. Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool if it just looked like, hey, it's like the movie Split, which I, I've never seen the movie Split, but um, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, Tom, oh, your right. favorite yes. filmmaker. Yeah, he's not my um, favorite doesn't, I, Although, doesn't, uh, I still, cl- Signs is an underrated movie. Well, you're just a big uh, Mel Gibson fan. <laughs> a a gibhead. Yeah, on screen, off screen. <laughs> uh, no. Not a, I'm not, I'm actually, no, I never liked Mel Gibson, even, even before everybody found out he was horrible. Tom, you love signs. You still, to this day, reference Lethal Weapon constantly. Well, Lethal Weapon, the Lethal Weapon movies are very good, but a lot of that's Danny Glover and Joe Pesci. I mean, Joe Pesci didn't show up until, what, the third one? Yeah, but still, he did a good job once he showed up, as, as Joe Pesci always does. And then you said uh, Mad Max Fury Road, quote, ruined the whole franchise uh, because they wrote out Mel Gibson and put a, quote, chick in his place. They didn't write out Mel Gibson. <laughs> they've that's got, what you said. They've that's got, a, that's they've what I remember you Tom saying. Hardy. You wrote it in a text message to me. They've got Tom Hardy playing him because Mel Gibson's too old. That's all. All right. Man, I've been so I well, you're going to be sorry you brought this up, Tim, because have you ever seen this movie Nocturnal Animals? No, I haven't. It's on HBO Max um, is written and directed by Tom Ford, uh, the the fashion guy and uh, son of Henry Ford. What? The fashion guy, you know, Tom Ford, the fashion guy. No, I don't know about fashion, though. <sighs> he wasn't the son of... I don't think he was the son of Henry Ford. No, because sure. then he would, he would, he would have, he'd be 100 years old. Sometimes, Tim, there's somebody recently who died who was the last person getting a pension from uh, the Civil War. Yeah, but he wasn't directing movies for HBO Max. How do you know? HBO Max, they're, they're hungry for content. It's not an HBO Max thing. It was a movie that came out four years ago. It's got Amy Adams and Jake Gyllenhaal. But um, it was weird to me because... Oh, and uh, Michael Shannon, he won an Academy Award. For Uh, this movie? No, maybe. I think he did. I don't know. I think he did. He did. I'm going to say he did. Um, Because he lost a lot of weight in the movie. And that if you do that, they'll give you an Academy Award. Um, or if you put on a lot of weight, if you put on a lot of weight, then you lose a lot of weight. Yeah, they, they love it. 
Um, but uh, it was funny to me watching it just because uh, in the movie, her husband is played by Army Hammer, um, whose name sounds like Armin Hammer. <laughs> Right. And that wasn't the only. No, that wasn't the only. I am a big baking soda guy. But that wasn't the only reason it was funny because I was uh, telling my my girlfriend who was not interested whatsoever. I was like, oh, this is funny because Army Hammer was supposed to play Batman in George Miller's Justice League. And now, and Amy Adams was Lois Lane in the Zack Snyder movies. So now it's like, oh, now she's married to Batman. And then I was like, holy shit, Michael Shannon was General Zod. This movie's like a whole Elseworlds of, uh, you know, uh, Batman, Superman, DC Comics characters. Now, you didn't get any traction with that anecdote with your girlfriend, so you brought it to me? <laughs> I brought it to the general public to see if they would be interested in my thoughts about this. Yeah, I see. here's where I think... This is this is where you and I don't see eye to eye about movies. Mm-hmm. You think it's noteworthy all these connections when you're like, look, 80% of the movies that they make right now are superhero movies in one of these two <laughs> universes. Yeah. So literally every actor is in one of these movies at some point. So like they're going to be in other real movies for uh you know like that aren't that aren't superhero movies and if every time we're like oh, i can't believe the scarecrow is talking to alfred <laughs> that's a weird pairing Tim Cillian murphy was not in this movie don't be ridiculous although uh, uh jake gyllenhaal did play mysterio but that's from the marvel universe so that no connection to this movie it was a pretty good movie. It was v- incredibly disturbing. I didn't like, there was like a whole scene in it pretty early on where it was just like, I hate this. I hate, like very well done. But it's like, boy, this I've never felt anxiety like this watching a movie. I hate it. Of like, oh, something very, very bad is going to happen. And there's nothing I can do about it as a viewer to prevent it. Well, did you try at least? I screamed at the TV at the top of my lungs and I was screaming at, at Amy Adams called Superman or at the very least your, your husband, Batman, have them do right, something. Right. Mm-hmm. Even general Zod, he might be like, all right, I know normally I'm your enemy, but enough is enough. And your girlfriend was watching this next sitting next to you watching. As well? No, she had walked out by that point. Now, before we got started, Tom, Mm -hmm. we were like, do we have anything to talk about up top? Yeah. And we both thought long and hard, and we were just like, well, normally we would talk about things that had happened to us since the last time we had an episode. Yeah. But I haven't, I don't think I have left my apartment since then. (laughs) You haven't left that that office that you record in. You've just been sitting there patiently waiting until the next uh, time we record. Exactly. Well, it's easier than breaking down all this equipment and putting it somewhere else. Yeah. I I don't think people realize how much equipment's involved. All the Bunsen burners and the the beakers. To say nothing of the mechanized suits we wear. So, yeah, we really had nothing. I think we should get right into the topic. Yeah. Because I know <laughs> I have a lot to say about it. Um, I, and I think I do, too. And uh, 
the growing consensus, Tom. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not one to read the reviews, but um, the growing consensus of people who have not heard our show before and then listen to it and then feel compelled to write a review <laughs> um, is that they do not like the show. Right. Um, and part of it is that uh, they don't like that we talk uh, about things that aren't the topic in They'll, the beginning. I think a lot of them will come around once they hear the beginning of this when they're like, oh, I never thought about how uh, uh, Army Hammer was almost Batman. And it is. He weird. wasn't even Batman, and, and you're saying that's the, you can't believe they're married in the other movie. He was almost. They were ready to make this movie, Tim. They had the costumes and everything. What happened to it? Oh, it was uh, during the writer's strike. That's mm. what like shut it down. I mean, the writer's strike was only a couple months. They should have just when that was over, just been like, okay, now we'll make the movie. But like George Miller, he does like huge productions. They were like in Australia, like ready to go. I don't. I mean, I still don't completely. I think it was like the writer's strike happened, and like Warner Brothers was. It wasn't necessarily like, oh, well, now we can't do a rewrite. I think Warner Brothers was like, oh shit, the writer's strike's going on. Maybe we shouldn't be spending like a ton of money making this Justice League movie in Australia with George Miller. And they were just being too cautious and they canceled it. We'll be discussing Chipotle after the break. (laughs) Tim, this week we're talking about Chipotle Mexican Grill. Uh, famous uh, chain of fast casual restaurants. In fact, one of the first fast casual restaurants to exist. Depends on how you're you're defining fast casual, but I'm defining. Um, I would it agree as a level a level above uh, a fast food like a McDonald's, Burger King, Taco Bell, and a mm-hmm. level below a uh, quick serve restaurant. Such as no, that is a quick serve restaurant. A McDonald's is a quick serve. QSR. No, I think fast food. Well, then, what do you call like an Applebee's, TGI Fridays, Ruby Tuesdays? A fast casual. (laughs) (sighs) All right, they're a step below that. They're not. No, there's like a different term. an, An upscale QSR. Uh, I'm gonna go crazy. <laughs> no, we're up to a terrible start. It's, <laughs> I, I don't think we've properly uh, 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 des- described just how hot it is in New York. Right now. <laughs> I'm just saying that they're a fast casual restaurant, and to me, that puts them between. Uh, uh, a place where you don't get to see them make your food and you don't get to make any kind of real decisions about what you're getting. You're ordering by number. Tom, Tom, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to apologize. Yes. And beg for your forgiveness. Okay. Fast casual um, does not offer t- uh, table service. Yes, thank you. That's that's the big difference. But has higher quality food than fast food restaurants yes. or QSRs. Um, and uh, f- fewer frozen or processed ingredients. I think I think that's debatable, depending on what you, what you're talking about here. Right. 
Yeah, I um, think in general that's that, or at least marketing wise, that's how that most of the fast casuals push themselves. Right, and what they're what they're calling what what we call uh, TGI Fridays and Applebee's falls into casual dining. Oh, not so fast <laughs> casual. Right. Casual dining, that makes sense. I was going to say franchise restaurant. Yeah, but franchise restaurant could be anything. Yeah, I mean, you could just have like a local, you know, like in New York, Juniors is, I guess they're not franchise. And like that doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily franchise restaurant because some of these restaurants like corporate owns all of them. Or chain, chain restaurant. Is, right. is, I think, what I'm looking for. So, yeah, they sit in between, which at the time was a somewhat revolutionary idea of like, oh, you can go into a place and get something better than like a cheeseburger, uh, but it's not a place where you're going to have to sit down and order. And I think that that's part of the reason why casual restaurants started offering uh, like curbside pickup and stuff like that. That they realize, oh, not everybody's coming to Applebee's just for our ambiance and the kitsch up on the walls. Sometimes they just want something a little bit better than McDonald's, but they don't necessarily want to sit here and, and eat it. Yeah, and I think it also had to do with the uh, with the suburban lunch crowd, Tom. Yeah. Uh, when I had a, when I had an office job on Long Island, the, I would the, often the suburbs, do... the quintessential suburbs, I would argue. Yeah, I would I would order an Applebee. For some reason, I would order a salad from Applebee's and do curbside pickup. Uh huh. Why do, Why wouldn't I just get a salad somewhere else, like a salad place? I did you know of a salad place? Yeah, I knew of several. <laughs> I went there sometimes. Yeah, I bet the Applebee salad tasted better and wasn't actually good for you in any way. <laughs> That's true. But you yeah, could, there there was always like a ton of fried chicken in it. Yeah, but you could like tell yourself like, no, I'm being good. But Tom, I, s- I haven't eaten a salad in <laughs> so long. Oh really? Um, Whoa, jeez, I can tell. No, I mean it's it's because I won't make a salad for myself. It's too much dang work. And now that I'm making most of my meals myself, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not gonna chop up a million things and put it together. I'm gonna, and I'm eating healthier on whole. Yeah. Um, but I would have a salad. I would say for the last three-ish years, I had a salad for lunch every weekday, and then the last five months, just no salad, not one salad. I don't think I've ever made a salad at home that I've been like proud of in any way. I don't know how to properly use lettuce yeah, besides right? putting it on a sandwich <laughs> or a burger. Yeah, it's always the lettuce placement that I'm I'm looking at the way I put lettuce in a bowl and I'm like this doesn't look right. I don't know yeah. what's going on, but this is not if I got a salad from a place that I bought it from and it looked like this, I would send it back. And I'm not yeah. a person that sends things back, but it's just like this doesn't look like a salad. Yeah. Well, um okay. Uh, let's both get back on the salad train. Yes. Um, hey, send us your, your inspiration for how we should cut up our lettuce. Um, let's get back to Chipotle though. Yes. So Um, part of the impetus of this is that I had Chipotle the other night. Uh, they offered me a very lucrative deal, which was, uh, that I could get 
uh, a one meal and they would give me another meal for free with the catch that I would have to come pick it up. They wouldn't bring it to me. How did you find out about this deal? They sent me an electronic mail about this deal. Really? You're on the Chipotle mailing list, Yeah, huh? man. I'm on the Chipotle mailing list. Do they know your birthday? Yeah, they know my birthday. And they're Do like, you get Come a free on burrito in. on your birthday? Mm, maybe. It might be free guac or something like that. Oh, I think that's what it is. I think it used to be. A, they used to be. A, they used to give a free burrito away for anything. Tim, they used to give free burritos to reporters covering the Timothy McVeigh trial. Well... They deserved it. <laughs> also, I remember, so we'll talk about when they give free burritos away later. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I got, I got Chipotle the other night. Uh, it was, del- it was delicious. I ate more than I should have. And then I was, I was so full. I couldn't even eat ice cream that night. <laughs> wow. Tom, do you yeah. have ice cream every night? Did we go over this? You do generally, right? <laughs> Uh, if I can help it, yeah, I'll have ice cream every night. Do you buy a big carton or do you buy little guys? No, the big cartons. Yeah, I, think I that's don't. The way to go. Yeah, like look, the Ben and Jerry's and the Hagen Dazs, those are great, but like it, the, a, they're expensive, and b, it's like that's just like I can't do one of those a night. I'll be no, a, but a if monster, if you dole those out reasonably, those could last. Uh, the better part of a week. Yeah, I'm not going to dole it out reasonably, though, Tim. I'm going to eat half of it, put it in the freezer, and then go, uh, I might as well just finish it. I'm not going to want that other half. Yeah, but like an hour and not, 15 not that I'm later. not Not even that I'm not going to want the other half. It's that I'm going to go in for the other half, and it's going to be less than I thought it was going to be, and I'm going to be disappointed. So I might as well just eat it all right now. And not give future me any kind of uh, false hope. Yeah, I used to do a thing where I would eat uh, more than I had planned on out of the carton mm-hmm. and put it, you know, at maybe at 9 p.m., some some post-dinner, nice, yeah. uh, nice time. And then I'd uh, do some stuff, maybe watch TV or whatever. And then before bed, I'd be like, well, let me just take one more bite of that ice cream <laughs> that I put back in the freezer and I would stand in front of the freezer and eat the whole thing. <laughs> um, so back to Chipotle, Tim. Uh, Chipotle, I did I introduce you to Chipotle? Because my backstory is that when I was going to school at the University of Maryland, uh, we got a Chipotle, I think, in like 2000, maybe 2001. Okay. And that was, uh, I think certainly the first time I had ever heard of it. I think it was maybe their first one in Maryland, maybe their first one like that far out East. Um, But that's how I found out about it because we had this small pathetic little strip mall where there was a Chipotle, a Wawa, a Boston market a McDonald's and uh, like another place that like switched all the time. It had a Chipotle and a Wawa and you're calling it pathetic. (laughs) <laughs> I, in retrospect, it's anything but. Uh, oh, and uh, maybe like a blockbuster. Jeez, that is the coolest strip mall <laughs> on earth. I Especially mean, I did, in two thousand, two thousand one. Yeah, I guess I did spend a lot a of Big time Mac. there. Uh, I would go to if there was a Wawa mm-hmm. within a mile of where I live right now. I'd go there 
two meals a day. Yeah. At least. Uh, for people that aren't in an area that has Wawa's, Wawa's are like an upscale 7-Eleven that has a sandwich bar. And even in like when I was in school, again, you know, it's 20 years ago at this point, um, they had touch screens to order your sandwiches. And this is maybe like the first time I had seen a touch screen out of Epcot, except for Epcot Center in Disney World. It's like not only is this futuristic technology I can use it to tell them what I want on a sandwich. That's great because I'm, it's 3 a.m. and I'm way too drunk to tell somebody in words what I want. But you're going to just gonna show me like pictures of uh, sandwich ingredients. That's great. I'm going to make a sandwich that I'd be ashamed to say out loud, <laughs> but I'll, ha- I'll happily order through a machine. But we're here to talk about Chipotle. Yeah. So no, you did not introduce me to Chipotle um, as much as you'd like to. So, you, Well, you should have come down to Maryland. I would have introduced you to Chipotle. I know I introduced other friends of ours to Chipotle. You introduced me to Quiznos. I... Oh, did I? <laughs> yeah. There was a point in time, it was a brief window when Quiznos was yeah was it was upscale. really good yeah it's like they toasted they have this contraption you won't believe it it's a <laughs> conveyor belt that goes into some toasting mechanism comes out the other side it's perfect yeah there was there was a brief window where quiznos was the upscale subway and then six months later they were like ah, eh, we're just subway now <laughs> yeah we're gonna have the same standards but without a pedophile as our mascot which honestly they should have Mark, man, I would have eaten so much Quiznos if Quiznos's uh, ads were just like, our subs are toasted and we didn't give a pedophile millions of dollars. <laughs> Why not? Why didn't they do that? That would have been we great didn't marketing. We make you watch commercial after commercial of a pedophile holding up big pants. Right. Who's like not even charismatic, not even like charming and doing a good job as a as a spokesperson just like an awkward guy yeah <sighs> like very clearly a pedophile <laughs> i don't think he was clearly a pedophile but it was clear like uh there's something with this guy he's weird anyway yeah, but we wish him well <laughs> we don't wish him well you should hey i wish he burn in hell how about that he stinks. He was trying to get out of. He was trying to get out of jail recently, right? Well, everybody's trying to get out of jail with COVID. I don't blame him, but no, this was like a couple of years ago. I think he was just kind of like, "I'm a family man, so come on, I uh, I had kids." Oh, I thought you were saying, uh, you know, they had gone in there and he had tied a bunch of bed sheets together or something. <laughs> yeah, they 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 pulled uh they pulled back that picture of a of a submarine sandwich the poster that he had up on his wall and he'd been uh, digging a, a hole behind it he had he had tied a bunch of his big old pants together he was looking to parachute out of there (laughs) 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, wow. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. So no time you didn't in, uh, introduce me to Chipotle. Chipotle. What the hell are we talking about? It's so hot. Chipotle. Chipotle. Chipotle, as uh, suburban parents call it. Yeah. So Chipotle, I did some digging. I mean, not really digging. I just did some reading about Chipotle. Uh, they started in Denver, which I knew. Mm-hmm. But, like, I thought it was more of a, like, upstart, you know, like a Papa John situation. Although I found out it was, uh, like, a Papa John situation times 10, where um, 
basically this guy the the I uh I think he's still the CEO Els No he's not he's oh, not okay. Steve Els was the founder uh, was the CEO until until two, 2017 um but he was the founder um but I think I know where you're going with this his his father Bob Els uh-huh. um had had a, had a big hand in in helping launch the business but I do want to take it back a little bit okay cuz the here here's here's the scuttlebutt on Steve Els. Um, when he was in you know growing up and in high school and college, he was really good at uh, cooking. He 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 would 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 do kind of upscale uh, meals for his friends and stuff. Yeah, well, he um, he went to the Culinary Institute of America. Well, yeah, uh, let's not get ahead of me, uh, Tom. <laughs> okay. Telling the story here, I'm spinning a yarn. I'm giving you the scuttlebutt. Um, and uh I did dad, I didn't know you had done some on the ground reporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So his dad, Bob Els, mm-hmm. um, was like, Hey, I'll make a deal with you. Bobbles? You Bobbles. If you work a year doing anything related to restaurant work, waiting tables is good enough, something like that. Um, and then tell me you really love the restaurant business, I'll pay to send you to a culinary college, but I have a condition. It has to be the best culinary college in America. Wow! It's Bob Ellis. Um, Ellis, that was no, a quote Els. from Els. Els, yeah. Um, so he did. So he he went. So he, I guess I mean, he did work not, in a restaurant or whatever. Yeah, but that's not a very like. I'll tell you what. If you do this, I'll pay for you to go somewhere, but it has to be the most expensive place. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's not really a threat. <laughs> this comes from the the Bloomberg article, Tom Chipotle: The Definitive Oral History. Ooh, um, Mike Bloomberg interviewed a bunch of guys and and was just like, I really like Chipotle this much that I'll. Wow. Yeah, and and a um, little guy like uh, Mike Bloomberg, I can't imagine he can eat more than half a burrito in a sitting. So anyway, uh, Steve Ells went to. CIA, Tom, but not the CIA you're yeah, thinking. Right. Um, and he came back. He's like, all right. And he uh, he started working in San Francisco and saw all the burritos and stuff. And he's like, oh, that's great. Um, and then he went back to his dad and he's like, cool. Well, thanks for sending me through undergraduate and then six years of the Culinary Institute. Six of years? <laughs> yeah. Holy um, shit. According to Bob, yeah. And then uh, he was just like, okay, well, I just want to open my place. Um, I just need $75,000. And then uh, his dad was just like, okay, I'll give you $75,000. And he opened a restaurant. I read that it was $85,000. Hmm. Well, Bob himself said $75,000 to Mike Bloomberg, um, (laughs) America's favorite mayor. Um. Well, I had read that the they they did the math on this first uh, Denver restaurant, and they figured out that it, the, if they sold 107 burritos a day, they would make a profit. See now, my what I the the numbers I got, Tom, is that mm-hmm. the break even was 114 burritos a day. Well, yeah, these numbers are wildly off. What the hell is going on here? Uh, but then within like a month or so, they were selling a thousand burritos a day, which boggles yeah. the mind to think about that many burritos and to think about. Uh, well, it wasn't just one guy eating them. 
Yeah, but he probably well, got back this, in line a few times. Free Subway, Jared. <laughs> right, it might have been Jared eating all these. That might have been why he had to go to Subway. Yeah. Um, although I do know that when I was at Maryland, after that had been open for a couple of years, they said uh, that Maryland was the most uh, profitable or or the most heavily trafficked Chipotle in the country. Uh, so I imagine they were making more than a thousand burritos a day. I have no concept of, I mean, I remember in the early days when, when Chipotle's were Yeah, there opening, was always a, a line out the door. It was bonkers. Like people would be like, well, all right, I guess I'll wait on a 25 minute line for a burrito. Well, but that was always the crazy thing. The lines were long, but they got through those lines in no time. Yeah. Uh, cause I, I remember at school, it was, the line was always out the door. Uh, if you, I can remember like a handful of times that I saw the door close and it was like, oh shit, I, I already ate dinner, but like, let's go. <laughs> cause, uh, the, the line's actually short enough to be contained within the very long restaurant. But, uh, but that was the thing. Like at first when it opened, it was like, oh, I'm not going to go there. Those lines are always insane. But then you realize like, no, those that's like an always moving line. It's like uh, uh, the Haunted Mansion in Disney World where they, they're just always moving. They should have had the moving floor along with your burrito as it went down the line. They should have asked you, uh, is the ceiling getting higher or are you getting smaller? Yeah, they should have made it generally spookier in 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 most ways i have that feedback for most restaurants yeah except for the jekyll and hyde club uh, of course except for of <laughs> well my feedback there was it was too spooky um i think the jekyll and hyde club is one of my top five favorite restaurants i i do you want to explain what it was it doesn't exist yeah. anymore right I don't think so. It was. It was. Uh, it was. They, they had two uh, locations yeah. in New York. The slaughtered lamb was the other one. Yeah, it was like a, a tourist trap kind of mm. situation. One was in Times Square, where you would go in, and um, there was just spooky stuff. It was a theme restaurant where spooky things would happen, like mummies would be there, and uh, Dracula <laughs> would come out of the wall and like sing a song or something. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. I I've never been there, but I did go once to Mars twenty one twelve. Remember that? Yeah, I love high concept touristy theme. Yeah, restaurants. they were just these weird tour. Like there was a time in Times Square where there were just these like big budget weird themed restaurants that like I don't know didn't have like a a big brand behind it or anything. Just like uh, some like uh, Wall Street banker on cocaine came up with this idea, and here we are. Yeah, and like I don't know. Whenever I came to the city with my parents from Long Island when I was a kid for like mm-hmm. a day out, we'd go to one of those places, and it would be great. It's like my fondest memories <laughs> of New York City, and I've lived here, lived in this city pretty much my entire life. Um. So the the Chipotle, the first Chipotle in Denver immediate hit. Daddy puts in another one point five million. Tom, to- can I tell you? Can I tell you something? What? It wasn't until they opened their second store that they came up with 
um, going along the line and watching somebody make your burrito oh, really? step by step. And the only reason they did that is because it was a, a former um, place called House of Pies mm. that had this case where they would display all their pies and they, they didn't want to, or they were too cheap to kind of renovate it. Um, oh, so, so they were they just like, oh, yeah, you up. just walk along it. Yeah, and this is, this is how you do it. And this uh, Steve Ells was just kind of like, hey, this House of Pies um, uh, made me a millionaire. I was going to try to come up with some sort of rhyme. <laughs> the, this House of Pies ain't no lies. Made me a rich guy. <laughs> I mean, he was already a millionaire, Tim. How else would he have been able to put in the $1.5 million? Well, from what I read is that his parents, Bob and Barbara, raised $1.3 million from a handful of wealthy friends, which was its only private offering ever. Uh, that not McDonald's. McDonald's wasn't also like a pri- that was That wasn't. I mean, they, they, I mean, McDonald's kind of just like bought 90% of it. Right. But that was before the IPO. Yeah, but I think what they mean is that like going and raising money from from you know uh, McDonald's came and was like we want to essentially buy your business. We want to add you like well, no, McDonald's did not have the, Tim, you're falling for a common misconception, which was that McDonald's owned the majority of the business. McDonald's was the biggest investor, but they were not a majority investor as far as I can tell. Okay. <laughs> um yeah uh, but at, the, at some point uh his, his parents went to their rich friends um his uh, bob ells by the way was a pharmaceutical executive oh okay so he was helping probably cure diseases and stuff yeah <laughs> that's what they do <laughs> i uh, mean Part of it is. Yeah, maybe. He could have been one of those guys. He could have also been like, we got something real addictive here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's let's send our NFL cheerleaders to these uh, different doctors and get them to start prescribing it. I don't know if that's still the case, but that was always one of my uh, one of my favorite facts that uh, uh, the number one job that NFL cheerleaders had during their offseason was pharmaceutical representative. Yeah, definitely. You Transferable go, uh, skills. I mean, pretty much. You get some 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 goons all riled up. <laughs> That's true. Um, <laughs> the goons I'm talking about here are doctors. Doctors. Medical People have gone to medical school for a long time. Uh, so McDonald's was was a big investor early on, though. Um, but they uh, apparently where where the split was, they wanted a drive through and breakfast options because that's what they know. And they're uh, probably also they were like, and also you should have a mascot, maybe a clown. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe a, a, re- a, a real creepazoid clown. Yeah, I, they wanted drive throughs and and uh breakfast options which like is weird to me because i've rarely seen standalone chipotles that could support a drive-through mm-hmm. um and bre- I, I they probably do breakfast nowadays um but the breakfast it's like well what would you have like scrambled eggs in a in a thing yeah you breakfast know. burrito yeah. Bre- you ever hear look, of a breakfast burrito? Look, I love you, breakfast burritos. You numbskull? 
But I would want I want my uh, my eggs in a breakfast burrito made fresh. I don't want them sitting there. I mean, I guess they go through things pretty quickly. They should have listened to McDonald's. They should have started doing breakfast stuff. <laughs> no, I don't think so. McDonald's also wanted them to rename uh, the business Chipotle Fresh Mexican Grill. Yeah, because Baja Fresh had had launched. Well, like, yeah, because ah. there were all these uh, these also rands, Qdoba, Moe's, Baja Fresh. Moe's is pretty good, Tom. I don't think I've ever had Moe's. Moe's really leans on uh, garbage melty cheese in their oh, stuff. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, they also uh, this is this is bonkers to me. Um, after uh, knowing the history of McDonald's and Ray Kroc, but McDonald's encouraged uh, Chipotle to regionalize their menu. So they're like, oh, Kansas City has to have a barbecue option Ah. um, for their burrito, which, from what I understood from uh, the founder starring Michael Keaton, Mm -hmm. uh, if you you go off menu on on a franchise... Uh, the founder's going to come in there and punch you in the face on a, on, on a golf course. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, Ray Kroc did not like people going off script. And also, whenever places do shit like that, it's like, okay, Kansas City, we want you to have Kansas City barbecue sauce. And it's like, no, dummy, don't do it there where people in Kansas City are going to be like, this sucks, this isn't... You know, it's I've never. Yeah, gone, there are a hundred places that do it better because it was invented here. Yeah, nobody need McDonald's to tell us how to how to do this. Nobody here uh, in New York City is going to uh, like a Domino's or Papa John's and getting like their promotional New York style pizza. Yeah, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Tom. <laughs> I don't think so because you can get New York style pizza anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, no, I'll just, I get it for, if they wanted to do Kansas City barbecue, if, if I went to Chipotle tomorrow and they were like, we have Kansas City barbecue style, uh, burritos, I'd be like, oh, let me try one of those. Cause I'm not from Kansas City. I'm a Philistine and I'm not going to know what's good Kansas City barbecue. I don't know what the hell happens in Kansas City. Yeah, I'm not you... even sure which Kansas City you're talking about. <laughs> right. You There's tell two me... and one's not even in freaking Kansas. You tell me this Kansas City barbecue, I'm inclined to believe you. Because I, that that's not where I'm from. McDonald's also did another weird thing, Tom, on a couple levels. Um, Chipotle uh, wasn't, isn't franchised. Yes. Um, all their yeah. stores are owned and operated. Owned. Yeah. Uh, by the corporation. Um, but McDonald's was just kind of like, eh, we're going to let McDonald's franchisees open up Chipotle's if they want, if they can afford Oh, really? To. I didn't know that. Which is... Bonkers, one, because Chipotle's weren't franchised. Right. And number two, McDonald's never lets their franchisees own another brand's franchise, open a that, franchise yeah, for Yeah, that I did know. So, like, which is <laughs> That really I did rare. know, something that has no benefit for me to know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Something completely irrelevant to my life, my job, my interests. I the, guess the my situation interest. you'd ever find yourself in. <laughs> right. I um, guess if, if if a McDonald's franchisee ever asked me, 
his opinion. Should I open up a Wendy's? I'm like, oh, you got to double check that contract, man. You can't. Oh, good <laughs> thing I asked you, Tom. Um, Yeah, I just think it's it's kind of audacious to be like, let's say you're a really rich guy. And you're just like, all right, I want to open a McDonald's franchise. I think there's a good line of business to get into. And McDonald's is just like, you're a McDonald's man now. That's yeah. it. You're nothing else. Well, Say goodbye to everything else. For a now. long time, there had never been a McDonald's that closed due to like lack of business. So opening a McDonald's franchise was seen as, you know, a, a sure thing, a sure bet. Hmm. So I get them having had those kind of stipulations where they're like, no, people are dying to open up McDonald's. So Yeah. And then you're gonna also go and open up a Jiffy Lube? Yeah. You piece of shit. No way. Not on my watch. <laughs> Not a Jiffy Lube, but like a Burger King. Yeah, complex. No, of anything, any franchise. I I know. And that's why I I could see why you they wouldn't want you opening a direct competitor. Right, but I think that they've got to be like, look, we got to draw the line somewhere, and we're just going to draw it in a very broad place. Uh, yeah. Which which makes me think of another uh, instance I was thinking of uh, that I'd read about, where apparently I think it was a mall uh, that Chipotle early on was going to go into, and Panera Bread sued because they said they had an exclusive contract with that mall to be the only sandwich provider. And they claim that a burrito is a sandwich, a type of sandwich. I don't want to do this, Tom. Thank, I don't want to. Thank goodness the the federal court, I think it went all the way to the federal court, uh, ruled against them that they're like, burritos aren't sandwiches. This is fine. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into any <laughs> of this, Tom. I, but... they, they tried to claim, I saw something that they were like, oh, they said like burritos and tortas. And I was like, Chipotle doesn't have tortas. No, they have a they have a very streamlined, simple menu. Yeah, that's the whole. And that's thing. one of the that's the genius of it. Right, Tom. Uh, who did you say sued Chipotle? Panera Bread. Yeah, you say Panera Bread. Yeah, I know people that say Panera Bread. <laughs> well, those people are idiots. Let's stop at Panera Bread. Oh, uh, you should sue them. The emphasis is on Panera. That's the right? name of the place. Yeah. All right. I don't. You don't say. Oh, we should go to McDonald's hamburgers. Yeah. Way, way in, way in, in the comments. <laughs> Tim, once again, there are no comments. <laughs> Leave a five star review and let us know what you think. <laughs> um. So anyway, McDonald's. McDonald's at the time also invested in Pret and Boston Market. I, I knew about Boston Market. I did not know about Pret. Pret, you know what? Which is by far my favorite quick serve restaurant. Oh, uh, I, uh, I would like to agree with you. It, it's okay. It's good. It's good. What's it's your great. favorite? Maybe Chipotle. I mean, Chipotle is probably my actual favorite, but no, no, Pret's good <laughs> in a pinch. I like Pret. Pret's, Pret's better. More versatile. Yeah, look, if I'm hungry... I don't feel gross whenever I finish a meal. Exactly. But I can if I want to. They got some melty bullshit (laughs) there that I can... Yeah, you've got options. Look, if I'm hungry, nothing is getting in the way between me and a Chipotle. But if I'm not insanely hungry and 
all the way down to like, I don't know, all the way down to I'm not hungry right now, but I should eat because I'm not going to have the ability to for a while. Predom Manger is uh, a place where I ain't a stranger. Um. So, yeah. So in the 90s, McDonald's was kind of like, look, our stock price like is predicated like if they, we need constant growth because right. and look the arch deluxe didn't work <laughs> we're screwed <laughs> um and and they were like we we've kind of reached saturation on on mcdonald's yeah we need to we need to like open up other restaurants mm-hmm. um so they they're just like let's find these other restaurants and do it um and they did it um but uh a, a thing that they did they were doing their all the all the corporate guys from McDonald's were doing their due diligence because at the time, this was 1998, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Chipotle was still only in the Denver yeah, was, area. Yeah, it was a very small. It was like, thir- it was like 13 stores or something, yeah. restaurants, but it was still very small. Um, and uh, the the workers in 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 store number two saw a limo pull up, and all these guys. They all kind of, quote, looked the same, big guys in suits, and they all had these rings, M rings on, little diamond rings with M on them. Oh, man. They got online, and they ordered one of everything, and then went back into the limo and just sat in the parking lot and ate all the food. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) The McDonald's cabal. Yeah, and all the workers at the store were like, What's happening? Should we call the police? Should we call the FBI? <laughs> yeah, that's extreme. Also, is there just like a McDonald's limousine idling for like, do the executives frequently take field trips to places? Probably. Yeah. Probably oh, I guess. A whimsical clown car. I guess they were in Denver, so it was probably like they land. They all took a flight out, and it's probably like we all want to go there, and that's why we're going here. We're all going to yeah. try it. So it's like, eh, if it's between a limo or like a depressing passenger van, <laughs> yeah. And also, these guys are all making seven or eight figures a year in their jobs. They're not going to eat burritos in a in a freaking uh like Mazda 626 or like a Toyota Camry. I mean, they could have eaten them in the restaurant, and that might have given them an idea of like the ambiance of the restaurant and stuff <laughs> eh, like that. They're not going to do that. They well, didn't, <laughs> they didn't want to eat with commoners. Well, they probably wanted to talk a lot about the food and probably didn't want to let on like yeah yeah all these weird guys came and they just like picked apart these burritos (laughs) and talked about them extensively um which brings me to so i you i mean you know nobody's going or at least in new york nobody's going to work right now uh but my writing space was in union square which is not only close to the chipotle test kitchen but close to i don't think it's there anymore i think they moved everybody but the chipotle um uh headquarters really yeah and also where the former chipotle chief marketing officer lived he lived in uh uh union square and uh i had been in the test kitchen and see a bunch of suits 
like talking about things. And I would sit there and just be like, huh? Let me see if I can listen in. But they're like, oh, the growth, mar- the growth margins, uh, we're, in, we're in the black, not the red. You know, all these terms I didn't understand. Yeah. But the, so famously, maybe not so famous, famous to people like me and you in the fast food industry, um, the CMO of Chipotle, uh, Mark Crumpacker, got into big trouble a few years ago. Uh, he was charged. Crumpacker! <laughs> well, that's what, yeah, that's what Ells probably said. He was charged in 2016. Uh, he was indicted uh, as part of a cocaine ring. The thing is, though, honestly, it was like he wasn't part of a cocaine ring. He was just a a, a preferred customer of a cocaine ring. Because I remember, like, it is a little unfair. I remember reading about this at first. And it was like, what the hell? Why is a why is the CMO of Chipotle involved in a cocaine ring? Like, that doesn't seem like. I'm sure he makes a lot of money at Chipotle. He would have to be pretty high up in a cocaine ring to match his Chipotle salary, which just really not only seems like it's not worth it, A, but seems like too much work for one man to be, you know, doing. These are two 80-hour-a-week jobs. Tom, have you learned nothing from Breaking Bad and its prequel, Better Call Saul, and Gustavo Fring and the Los Poyos Hermanos? Uh, I get, look, Los Pollos Hermanos looks like a real good chain. That's a regional chain, Tim. It is not a national chain. That's true. And there was no implication that he was using Chipotle's resources to move this stuff around. So basically, it turned out that he was just like a real, uh, you know, like a, 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 a valued customer of this cocaine ring. And uh, a drugs man, a drugs man. He had had uh, cocaine delivered uh, 13 times that they had on wiretap. And it was $3,000 worth, which I was kind of surprised because I, you know, did the quick back of the page math. And that's uh, $230 a trip of cocaine. Is that expensive for cocaine? I don't. Probably not for good cocaine, right? I don't. I don't know anything about cocaine. (laughs) I've never seen cocaine. I assume it's not that expensive, but I don't know how frequently those trips were happening. So it's like, oh, if somebody was coming by every night and this guy was just a dope and not being like, hey, I'm going to buy like, uh, I guess it's not a dope. I guess when you're doing cocaine, you can't be like, well, I'm going to save some money and do and just buy in bulk. I'm going to buy a month's worth of cocaine because then you're just going to do all that cocaine. Yeah, or it, it's kind of a liability to have so many drugs on you at any one time. Right. So I think it was probably, he was like, I'm trying to keep this under control. I'm ordering like $230 worth of cocaine every time. That's like a night's worth of cocaine for me, maybe a, a friend or two. Uh, yeah, you got to think the CMO of Chipotle was 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 buying the cocaine for, you know, he, he, he probably had some ne'er-do-well friends. The CMO of Lesser Chains. Oh, who, and they would hit the town together, and he'd be like, "Hey, I brought the coke because I'm 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 on top of the world. Nothing's ever gonna knock me off this pedestal." Yeah, well, this did, although not really. And I, you know what? I have to give Chipotle uh, credit here because they didn't fire him after all that happened. 
Uh, and apparently it's cause he was, he had been with the company for a long time. And I think they were just kind of like, I don't know, he's doing his job well. Although he, he might've been doing his job well, but at the time it was when Chipotle was going through their E. coli phase, right? <laughs> where they had an insane amount of like people getting very sick from Chipotle's around the country. So I think it was probably more that, that they just like really needed their marketing. It was like, look, the marketing for Chipotle has always been great. That's not the problem right now. The problem is with, with our supply chain and with our preparation. Now is not the time to fire our chief marketing officer for uh, getting busted buying Coke when otherwise he's doing a pretty good job because if we didn't have good marketing right now, literally nobody would come to these restaurants. Right. And they just said, now, uh, crumb packer. Yeah. We're going to teach you a lesson. You go out and you snort all of this cocaine and then tell me how you feel. Then tell me if you ever want to snort cocaine again. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're going to make you do all this cocaine and see if after that's all done, you still want to do some cocaine. Uh, he had, Guess what he did? He he, was, his appetite was even more insatiable. Uh, he, he has two websites, by the way. He left in 2018. It had apparently nothing to do with this. Um, and I assume that's true because he got, you know, he's a rich guy. He got the charges dismissed. Uh, he never suffered any consequences for this. Uh, but he has markc.co and markcrumpacker.net, which leads me to believe somebody's got markcrumpacker.com and, mm. you know, he's probably so mad about that because. No, you know what? It's not worth it at this point. People know. People understand. Look, he's got both of these sites with his resume, Tim. I think he's he's looking for a job right now. Maybe we should hire him. I would oh, only if we could uh, get some coke. Angrily call him into our office. Crowbacker, where's my cocaine? <laughs> um, did he oversee the Farmed and Dangerous uh, comedy web series that? Chipotle produced in 2014. I'm sure he did. He was he, that was uh, prime time for him. That was a that was a weird uh, situation. I don't remember that. Uh, Ray Wise, who you might know from Twin Peaks, yeah, yeah, um, w- played uh, the head of a PR firm for a fictional um, mega corporation mm-hmm. called Animoil. Okay. Um, and it was all about how factory farms are bad, which I guess was cool, but it was also like, I don't know. It, it, Chipotle has always been a little suspect to me because they're always like, yeah, no, you, we're, we're on your side, guys. We hate the corporations, man. Yeah. We hate factory farms. We We don't want people to be, you know, mistreating animals and like uh steve l's uh the mcdonald's uh people when 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 they when they first invested were like hey you want to come out and see 
Um, the, the farms, you want to see the chicken? <laughs> hey, you want to come see how the sausage is made? And he came back white as a ghost, and he was just like, I don't, I don't, I don't like this at all. Yeah, I, I read about that, too, that it was after that that he was like, all right, we're going to start doing all free range. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and a lot of that is, is uh, you know, smoke yeah. and mirrors. Yeah, yeah, horse shit, marketing. And a lot of it is for the PR and the marketing, but, um, I mean, they're better than some yeah. They're better than most, maybe in the in the quick service game. Yeah. Um, Tom, there's so much I want to talk about. Do we need a part two on this? Because we haven't even gotten into the menu or anything. <sighs> we might need a part two. We'll see how mad people are at this part one. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even. Well, all right. We're not getting into the menu yet. So let me let me talk about this real quick. Because um, I was surprised, Mark Crumpacker. His apartment in Union Square was a $2.5 million apartment, which, you know, this was reported as like, oh, I mean, obviously you need to be rich, but like, oh, you lived in a $2.5 million apartment. And I was like, you get a $2.5 million apartment in Union Square? Like, that place must have kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a sixth floor walk-up. <laughs> yeah, studio <laughs> apartment. Yeah. Because Union Square is insane, uh, yeah. the the real estate there. Uh, so I was kind of surprised and kind of wondered, like, oh, is it $2.5 million that he just stays at? Like, ah, uh, this is, you know, it has a full-time staff or whatever. It's a little bit nicer than a hotel room and costs us a little bit less than if he just stayed at a hotel every time he was in New York. Because they also said that um, he had a uh, uh, $30,000 a year allowance for a car and $35,000 a year allowance for housing. Hmm. It's like 30000 What car costs $30,000 a year to lease as a company car? Did he have like a Ferrari as his company car? Did he have a fleet of cars? Also, why did he need a car if he lived in Union Square? The headquarters was in Union Square and the test kitchen was in Union Square. Where was he taking this company car to? I don't know. The Viper Room to do cocaine? He was driving all the way to Los Angeles to he go to the Viper He was driving to Los Angeles every every Friday night to party. And $45,000 a year for housing? Like, it's always insane to me, these, like, ex- corporate executive, high-level, you know, C-level executives where it's like they get money for housing, where it's like, no, the guy can, you're giving him millions of dollars. He'll he figure out housing. and stock options. Yeah. Why does he need housing money? Um, I will say this, though. Um, Chipotle does have a good program where if you work full-time for Chipotle, um, they will pay for your college. And it's, it's certain certain colleges. They'll, they'll, you'll get a free yeah, they would. Um, yeah, look, they're not gonna give you a full ride to Hamburger University. They're not out of their minds. <laughs> oh no, come on, they're they're not dumb. Um, but they will also, if if you don't go within their network of of partner colleges, I think it's still something like they'll give like five or six thousand dollars a year towards tuition. And the only thing is, you have to work at Chipotle for six months after you graduate. Okay. Well, Which after fine. graduating college to have like 
a stable job for six months is actually uh, kind of a... <laughs> You yeah. know, some places are like, yeah, you have to stay with us for five years after. Otherwise, you have to pay it all back. But, six months is nothing, Tom. I haven't left my house in almost six months. <laughs> but but do you have to, like, do certain majors? Is it one of those things? I would look at yeah, the fine probably. Print. Yeah, it's probably I like, mean, yeah. you have I to mean, major in would, cutting up chickens. Tell... Yeah, but the, if, if, you know, that's that's relevant, not just at Chipotle, other places. Um. Also, I found, look, I'm still on Crumb Packer here. Um, he, in 2015, his overall compensation was $4.3 million, which even more drives home the idea of like a yeah, $2.5 million. $35,000 for, for housing? Well, but also the, the you know, if somebody makes $70,000 a year, they don't go and buy a $35,000 home. And then they're like, well, this is it. This is my, you know, and no, I have a great job and I consistently make $70,000 a year, but I'm just going to buy a $35,000 home and that's all I'm going to like. He makes weight, especially in New York, where it's very common that half, if not more of your salary goes towards rent or your mortgage. I like that you're clowning on this man for only having a $2 million apartment. <laughs> $2.5 million. What, what a jerk. What, what an idiot. What a loser. Get a nicer place, you knucklehead. Yeah, that, he's a good man. He is. A, it, well, as long as he's packing up them crumbs. Tom, uh, all right. Yeah, we had to do a part two because okay. all we talked about here was Corporate. business, man. Corporate. Yeah. Look, and sure, they're going to be showing this. They're going to be playing this in a lot of uh, 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 business classes, a lot of uh, uh, MBA courses. Yeah, there's going to be required listening for most serious MBA programs. Yeah, but maybe next week we're going to do part two or maybe later. Yeah, next week. Let's do it next week, and that way we don't have to think of a a topic (laughs) next week. Right. And then that way, maybe, look, all the people that didn't like this, keep it to yourselves. It's not going to matter. Part two is coming whether you like it or not. Tom, I have a great way to wrap up part one, the discussion of Chipotle Corporate. Well, now would be the time. After the plugs. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, But stay tuned because there's a thought experiment coming up. I was going to start the plugs with the complete guide to everything is a production. <laughs> like a, just a random, uh, if you like the show, tcgt.com, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash complete guide Follow us on Instagram at tcgte. You can follow and follow us on Twitter at complete guide. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Tom Reynolds. You can follow me at your pal, Tim. And if you want to support the show, check out our sponsors. Also check out, uh, patreon.com slash complete guide for books the podcast our secondary podcast this month we're reading devil in a blue dress by walter mosley i'm reading it i'm telling tim about it you can hear about that and all the other books we've read at patreon.com slash complete guide save some money on books just listen to us doing it nice we don't read the books to you to be clear I mean, we should start doing that. You can't do that. That's why not copyright infringement. It's behind a paywall. 
I think you're getting a little too comfortable behind the paywall. That's another uh, incentive. Hey, if you want to hear some stuff that could maybe get us in trouble, patreon.com slash complete guide. Reddit.com slash r slash TCGTE. And Discord at complete guide on Discord. Why the hell didn't we standardize what Because some places it's available, some places it's not. You can email us. We never say that you can email us at the complete guide to everything at gmail.com. But you just did. Yeah. All right, Tom. It was funny to me that you um, thought Steve Ells was still the CEO of Chipotle. Oh, I know. Something who is. Yeah. bonkers happened a couple of years ago. And this was in the midst of all their. Um, e. coli problems, norovirus. Poisoning half the country. <laughs> yeah. um, he I, rep- if you go on their Wikipedia page, by the way, the vast majority of their... Wik- like, I was going through their Wikipedia, and I'm like, God, this article's so long. And I was like, oh, 75% of this are different sickenings that have happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so he was replaced. He kept his chairman position, but they brought in this guy, Brian Nickel. Yeah. Who was the CEO of Taco Bell. Yes. And he's, well, we'll talk about it next week, but he is really Taco Bell eyes Chipotle. He has. Um, in not, I think, in a not unconstructive way. I don't think he's ruined the essence of what Chipotle stands for. We'll but, have to talk about it next week, Tim. And here is my thought experiment for you, Tommy Boy. Okay. One of them disappears tomorrow, Taco Bell or Chipotle. Oh, Which shit. one do you want to remain? And I have to answer this week? I think the answer is simple. And we're going to forget by next week. <laughs> the answer is Taco Bell? I think so. Just because there's more of them. There's more Taco Bell. There's more. Look, I love that Chipotle has a limited menu. Yeah. But you can get any manner of, of <laughs> bullshit at Taco Bell, and it's great. It's yeah. it's the same eight ingredients, but they're packaged in such whimsical, Surprising wonderful ways. ways. <laughs> yeah, they really let loose they're like look no rules on how you can mix and match these different ingredients what what you can do with them yeah i think i'd have to go with taco bell just because it's so much more ubiquitous yeah i don't know i just think it's uh it makes me feel more joy it sparks joy more than anything else i i i honestly find it funny that people always make the joke and not funny i guess i don't find it funny stupid that people always make the joke about like ah taco bell like oh yeah if you want a diarrhea you know to have diarrhea not to eat diarrhea um i've never found that really to be the case with taco bell no me uh me neither not at all and i also find that because Taco Bell has so many options, this is my big problem with Chipotle. You can't go into Chipotle for like a mid-afternoon snack. Right, exactly. And you can, you can at a Taco Bell, you can gorge yourself and, oh, and feel like shit if you want. But also, like, 
you can just uh, y- yeah you can have a snack you can have a reasonable amount of food like yeah. a normal size you can and also everything costs like 99 cents each you can buy 15 different things and yeah. then decide you only want to eat six of them it's and fine a variety is the spice of life yeah. no the the most frequent i would have taco bell would be at like 3 or 4 p.m. when I was like, I would be like, ah, shit, I like didn't eat lunch, but I'm not going to make it to dinner. But if I if I eat as much as I want to eat right now because I didn't eat lunch, I'm starving, then I'm going to be all screwed up. I'm going to be hungry at midnight or whatever. You can pop into Taco Bell and be like, here's two dollars. <laughs> I want to not be very hungry anymore. Yeah. And like, and well, fine. here's here's 20 different options we've got for you. They're getting rid of a lot of the stuff on their menu. I did see that, yeah. Um, including all of the potato-based Oh, really? Stuff, oh, that Which sucks. is a bummer. And I think they're making room for they're really going to make a play into like fake meat. Mm. But sometimes I'd rather a potato-based thing than a, than a fake meat-based yeah, thing. Yeah, their potatoes were great. Yeah. And like well, I... Uh, I in mean, a couple weeks, maybe yeah. we should make uh, one last one last potato uh, uh, spuds pilgrim a potato pilgrimage. Yeah, have a fiesta potatoes fiesta. Yeah, cool. I don't know. This has been Chipotle Part One. Tune in next week for Chipotle Part Two on the complete guide to everything. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast.